Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. If I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015 the isi together we'll get you back on track welcome to the blood and mud podcast we are here the podcast that warms up the week's rugby in the microwave and chomps on it like a leftover kebab i am lee and joining me over there is Josh. Who, to be honest with you, if this is a warmed-up kebab, this one's been hanging around since the weekend. So it has, yeah, till Wednesday. Bad, we're gonna, but we're taking yeah. that chance. We're, yeah. going, we're taking a chance of going full Andrew Cotter. <laughs> um, we're a bit late this week. Yes. Recording on a Wednesday. Yes, because I didn't have any lights in my house on Monday. So no, you didn't. Did you had an electricity problem. Yes, podcasting in the dark would have been... I mean, it's possible, but I don't think it would have been that fun. It would have been an entirely different kind of podcast. Yeah, it would have had a, a bit of a weird Leslie Grantham vibe, and I'm not <laughs> into that. Also, so you are, you've moved out, it's all gone very I well. So there you might be a slightly different quality to your voice. Yeah. yeah, it's slightly more echoey in this empty, hard-floored room instead of my weird little box room full of washing and sofa beds and shit. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody can't say that we're not at the glamour end of broadcasting. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, by this time next week, the the room will be covered in egg cartons and everything will be de- deadened, obviously. Are you but... going to make it into like a normal studio thing? Uh, probably. Something I might more get a, like it. I might get a rug to make the room a little bit less lively. To tie the but, room uh, together. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, not really. I, there's things I can get away with like sticking guitars on the wall and there's things that I can't like turning it into a home studio. <laughs> so 
So um, we're recording, I think, for the first time on a Wednesday, which is is unusual for us. I know. Uh, but like, like, a bit like Top of the Pops back in the day. That used to record on a Wednesday and go out on a Thursday, didn't it? It did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that died a death in the end as well. <clears> yeah, that's going to be just to. as successful as Top of the Pops in the uh, internet era. We'll just keep coming back at Christmas. Early 2000s Top of the Pops, and it was absolutely desperate, being hosted by Jane Middlemiss and stuff. <laughs> oh, Jane Middlemiss. Whatever happened to Jane Middlemiss? God knows. There's, there's a very quick way to find out. But yeah, you find that through. out because that's what the yeah. kind of people... That's what, People have waited till Wednesday stroke Thursday morning to find out <laughs> to find what Jane Middlemiss is doing. I mean, you can book Jane Middlemiss. Uh, she was apparently... She's won both Celebrity MasterChef and... Former reality show Celebrity Love Island. Right. Uh, her dad was a minor. Didn't know that. Right, I already like her. Didn't know that. Well, yeah, like her much more as a result. Um, she started... <laughs> in 2018, Middle Miss started presenting the Weekend Breakfast Show on Panda Radio. Anyone? No. Panda yeah, Radio? No, Fuck knows. Only available in Fiat Pandas. I mean, neither me nor thee can uh, throw any stones in the glass house of appearing occasionally on... <laughs> on really terrible internet radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, on, on very low-rent internet radio stations. I've but, actually uh, stopped taking uh, Love Sport Radio's calls now. I'm, I not, I'm not going so on I, anymore. Yeah, I haven't, so, you know... I've made a policy... No, you don't have to, but I've made a policy decision that I'm worth more than that. <laughs> I just like having someone to talk to in the you know, six days a week that I'm not talking to you about rugby. It's nice to go on and rant at somebody, you know. <laughs> Who doesn't really know what what we're saying. <laughs> Would you say this is a big game, Josh? <laughs> They're the yeah, kind of yeah. questions you get, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, we're going to, you can get in touch with us at Blood and Mud to say, please stop talking about Jane Middlemiss, for example. I'm at Blood and yeah. Mud or Lee at bloodandmud.com. What about you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner, at Rugby Shirt Watch. Uh, one of those is substantially more active than the other at the moment because nothing's happening in the rugby shirt world. And I'm just getting quite annoyed all the time. So, so yeah. you know, plus a change and all that. Yeah, well, indeed. Uh, yeah, so, we are on Acast. We are on Apple yeah. Podcasts. We are also yeah. on Patreon.com slash Blood and Mud for people on a bit of extra. We've been, uh, I did a lovely, lovely interview with Scottish legendary commentator Andrew Cotter last week, which is available only to patrons. Indeed, and you did ask about that time. That and I did ask about that time. Drink. You will find out whether it was north-south or both north and south at the same time, <laughs> if you listen to that. He was Don't incredibly good Don't value and really good fun, honestly. So that's there for a few more weeks on the VIP, if you want to get hold of that. That's, no, that's just on the normal Patreon. Speaking of the VIP, there's some people who've taken mm. a look They've come into the Aleb Brew Lounge. They've had a bit of a wander yeah. around, and then they've looked over and seen me and you stood behind the rope, drinking a creme de month, and they think, I want to get over there and go into the VIP area. And who can blame them, frankly? Who, well, quite right. So Alex McDonald and Carl Innes have stepped up and said, can I please get the hand stamp that gets me in there? Fair play to you. And they've Fair stepped in, because there's no reason why they need to do that other than thinking that they'd like to do that for us. And honestly, I'm flabbergasted. We've hit 300 patrons this month, and I'm absolutely flabbergasted that that is the case. It's, it's genuinely a bit mental, isn't it? And, I, and we Cause... thank you, all of you, especially the ones who've done the VIP lounge, because you don't have to. But we thank all of you anyway for you yeah, it... helping to keep this going, because it means we get 
get the impetus to do more content, keep it going. Yeah, it means that in in, in times of the year such as this, where, to be honest with you, we're supposed Six Nations, there's still a little bit of, you know, we've got the... It's a bit of Sunday morning come down, isn't it? Yeah, it's like particularly this week, for example, you know, it's the first, it's the, the weird little domestic filler between... Champions Cup and European knockout stages and the Six Nations. And if you guys weren't supporting us, we'd probably go, I can't be fucking arsed this week. <laughs> to be brutally honest. Yeah. And yet, because you guys are just like, no, we like you enough that we'll chuck you a few quid. We just are like, yeah. We go, well, actually, yeah, we've got fucking people we have to... Yeah, people actually, can't let down. Well, yeah. well, we have a responsibility to you guys. So for all of you guys who aren't paying us for it, thank those guys. <laughs> That yeah. you get. It's, it's like the people who are members of the union. You're taking the pay rise, <laughs> even though you're not yeah, a member yeah. of the union. Yeah, you're not paying the subs, but you're still getting the benefits. And uh, yeah, so thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank you, absolutely. We genuinely everybody. do appreciate it. We do appreciate it. it. If you do want to join, there's now loads of Patreon only content available because it goes back like 12 months now. There's probably like 20 other episodes of stuff to listen to if you're that way inclined. Thank you mm-hmm. very much indeed for all of you who've done it. Should we start with a player spotted? Aye, probably. How will Reese get in touch? Yes. On the direct neither on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He says, player spotted. Yeah. Wales Grand Slam winning scrum half, Aled Davis. Yes. Attempting to insert a fucking huge kid's toy into the boot of his car in Smith's toy store in Clan Samlet. I'm extremely glad that that went where. That, yeah, went. yeah. Yeah. Uh, he had a, how the fuck is that going in there look on his face? <laughs> I mean, it's what I want. There is a little bit more, a uh, bit more context. I.e., what motor banal. was he driving? What exactly. motor was he driving? You know, is he is he, is he silly? And is he bought a tiny sports car and then tried to cram a massive fucking giant box in the back? Or has he bought a thing that's so ridiculous that he has literally just, you know, a normal human car just cannot contain it? You're That's married. what I need to know. You're married, Josh, right? Yeah. So am I. We both love our wives, right? Yeah. Um, well, I love my life. You, you love your wife. I want to, I want to be yes. clear about that. But uh, yeah, yeah. I've never met your wife. And uh, the. I love my wife, apart from certain things that she does, right? Which is marriage, right? But there are certain mm. things that really drive me mad. Like, for example, I have a quite crypton factor approach to packing the boot <laughs> when we're going somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'll do that, and then she'll come out and go, "Oh, like leaving her mum's house." My mum said we can have these encyclopedias, <laughs> and I'll be like, "I've got to fucking unpack everything now, everything, and start again," because my entire schematic is fucked because of your impulsive encyclopedia <laughs> taking from your mother. But of course, I do all that as an internal monologue. Yeah, I, I, I feel. I'm, of course, you don't say these things. That'd be silly. No, I am. Um, I was genuinely quite amazed at watching the uh, the movers that we had stop like fucking Tetris, all of our shit into the back of a van. It was it was a sight to behold. You probably like, going, never going to all go in there. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, "Have you got like, have you got a box that's about this big?" And it goes, "Yeah." And then they come and take it, and then you go and you go, "Fucking hell, they've got it all in there." It's like some sort of weird like, Amazing. yeah, Jenga of Jenga of all my worldly possessions. So yeah, so basically that's Aled Davis's car. We've all we've all experienced that. Thank you, Howell, for sending that in. If you've got particularly boring spotting, spare no mundane detail. 
when you send mm. it in. You can send it into the direct message to me at bloodandmud or as lee at bloodandmud.com or anything that you feel like sending in. Thank you very much. Uh, right, I've done another quiz. Oh, oh God. I want you to put in order the following right. players in order right. of the most likely to have cheese and toasted all the salad but no sauce at Subway. I've not actually done that at all. I just no, thought I'd, I'd, I'd be... You actually... Your face lit up a bit then. You were a bit like, um, ooh. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's it's Subway. It's something close to my heart. What can I tell you, you know? It gets a lot of shit, Subway. I don't mind it. I, it's fine, you know. It's a sandwich. What you, what, what do you fucking want? <laughs> and you know what? If somebody had said to me 10 years ago, you know, all the kids will be eating salad sandwiches. Mm. You'd you go, Instead fuck of Big off. Max. They'd laugh you out of the room, wouldn't they? Yeah. It's a, it's a vaguely healthy alternative. Okay. You know, it was oh, a vaguely so, healthy alternative that was largely represented by a horrendous sex criminal for, you know, about 10 years, but that was in the past. Was it? Who was that? Yes, it was. Uh, Google Jared from Subway. <laughs> who was, uh, <laughs> Tell you what, I don't think I'll bother doing that, but yeah, I'll yeah, take your word for it. Who was, was Subway spokesman for uh, in America for about 10 years because he lost loads of weight by eating Subway every day. Uh, but he's a nonce, so... Well, seriously, yeah. what kind of monster would have cheese and toasted all the salad but no sauce? But no sauce. I mean, Just think about the kind of player that, that would be. Who think would that be? Think about the dryness there, you know? Yeah, You're only getting a certain level of moisture from the, the salad. Like, I'm not a big sauce man, but if I was going to pack it with lettuce, I'd want something to, yeah. you know? Mm. 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 I think Courtney Laws might do that. I don't know what it is about him that suggests that, but I just think he might do. I what do you Haskell. think, listeners? Who do you think would go for such a monstrous thing? In some I reckon Haskell would do that because oh, he'd have some. But he'd have some sort of whatever the leanest meat on the fucking menu is. Chicken, not the rotisserie yeah. style, just the normal. Not one. the rotisserie style, just you know, chicken sliced breast, chicken. not the sliced chicken, yeah. chicken breast. Yeah. Absolutely no, you know, no sauce, no nothing fancy, no cheese, just. No bread, actually. Salad. In fact, they just say, "Pass me that you'd scooper, that you'd scooper have... thing full of chicken." You'd have this... You know what? He'd be one of he'd be one of those twats that has a salad bowl, wouldn't he? Yeah, I've done that sometimes, though. The oh, value's un... it's unquestionable. The value, I'm afraid, three pounds yeah, twenty. But the bread's the best bit. <laughs> bit of heart. No Italian herbs and cheese. That's well. Oh shit. no, fuck that! Fuck Italian herbs and cheese. That's a fucking mug's bread. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> This was worth waiting. So that wasn't a dog. Yeah, the Thursday morning, eh? Loving this. (laughs) Looking forward to the weekend. Right then, shall we go into the news? We shall. Some of this is quite old news now, really. We're coming to quite late. It's it's not going to stop us talking about it. A lot of it's funny news, though, isn't it? Well, they'll be the judge of that, but we'll find out. Well. So. Eddie Jones, Lions coach, question mark. (laughs) Eddie Jones, Lions coach, uh... Just one of those little poo emojis, I suppose, really. <laughs> Honestly, like, what a bell end he is. Like, it's not just, he's not just being cantankerous for the fun of it. He's not just play. he's just a prick now, isn't he? He's yeah. gone full turbo prick. And he's just throwing, like, he's so angry about everything. He's just throwing I think he's got form for getting like this when he's just not interested yeah, anymore. Getting fucking he knows it's not going anything. well, yeah. Meanwhile, the RFC... So what's he said? It's an ambassador's... Uh, it's an ambassador's... He said he wouldn't I mean, want I can kind of see what he's saying. I mean, the, the Lions yeah. does come with a lot of, uh, you know, blazer wearing and... You, you and do have to... Flesh have pressing to. and, 
you know. Yeah, you have to represent the Lions, but it is also probably the most demanding fucking coaching job in top-level yeah. sport. And actually, when you think about it, it's not the coach that does most of that. It's the John Spencer guy. It's, John, it's, it's the captain and John Spencer. <laughs> yeah. John, there's a brilliant, in the, oh, the last live DVD, where John Spencer has to go and talk to a load of uh, firefighters. Yes. And it's the most yes. awkward fucking oh, conversation you've ever yeah. seen because it is just like, like hello, how are you doing today? Thing, and then it, it was just like, we've got no fucking idea what, we, what we're supposed to say to each other now. Not a fucking clue. <laughs> what the fuck is this guy saying? Yeah. So then, have you, have you handled any any good horses recently? <laughs> what did you say, mate? <laughs> what did you just call me? <laughs> Uh, um, yes, so Eddie Jones thinks that the Lions isn't all that it's cracked up to be, which definitely has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that Gatlin's definitely going to be the next yeah. Lions coach what? and might replace him at England before that and what? has been much more successful than Eddie has. You know what really pissed you off? Like, uh, one of the things that really annoyed me about that, though, which is none to do with him, because he, his then quote was, I'd rather, I'd rather um, coach the Queensland-Sheffield Shield team. Yes. And every report said... The Queensland Sheffield Shield bracket, cricket, cricket, close bracket yeah. team. And it's just like, seriously, are we all such a bunch of fucking idiots that we can't, if we don't know, just go and find out what that team is? Yes, apparently so. It fucking does my head in. That's, yeah, it's the world we live in. It's bullshit. But, yeah, I mean, what Belland? Just, why does he need to pontificate about such things. I mean, the thing is, I suppose he's asked, isn't he? But the thing is, everybody gets asked. You've got options, haven't you? You can play, speaking of cricket, you can play with a straight bat. (laughs) Or you can try and fucking do a mental Brian Lara hook over your head. Yeah. You can just be, you can basically just run up the crease and try and twat the bowler (laughs) with your your And if you miss the ball, you can actually just still twat the bowler, yeah. Yeah, which is basically what Eddie's did. It's just because like, he could just say, "Well, it's not really for me to comment." To be honest, yeah, the Lions is two years away. I'm just focused on England. Yes, and I'm not supposed to be, you know. But we're talking you know. about it. Twitter was talking about it. Well, yeah, we're talking about it because he said a dickhead answer. If he'd have just gone, "Don't know," <laughs> then this wouldn't yeah. have been a news story. I'll just say, no, it's not really for me anyway. <sighs> to be honest, I want to go back to whatever. Anyway, what yeah. else news have yeah. we got? Um, France uh, want Warren Gatland or Clive Woodward. And Roger O'Gara is going there, isn't he? Um, apparently, he's going to be the temporary defence coach in the coming days with uh, Fabian Galthi meeting with, uh, being in the frame for some sort of role as well, which, yeah. Oh, Galthier's going to get in there and shithouse it all over the shop. <laughs> It'd be brilliant. You would imagine, wouldn't you? Ronan O'Gara, defence coach, eh? That just shows you, doesn't it? very good. I'm sure he is. It just shows you that you don't have to be particularly good at something to coach it well. well, I think there's a part of it that kind of makes you go, well, yeah, I was so bad at it, I've become obsessed with finding out what I should have been doing to be good at it. Well, he was... I remember we were sort of amused and then impressed that he was the defence coach of Racing... Mm. What was then Racing Metro when they made it to the uh, Champions Cup final and he was doing mm. he was backs and defence coach and they were mm. fucking incredible on defence yeah because you don't have to how... be brilliant something to study it and know how no, to make to it work it. yeah you know it's yeah well for, good luck to him I, yeah I would genuinely love to see 
a Gatland, France. Oh, can no, you actually, imagine? I wouldn't like to see a, I wouldn't like to see a Gatland, France. I'd like to see the video footage of a Polish fucking conditioning camp <laughs> yes. with that all would, of this. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? With, with Sean Edwards and Bobby Stridger and... That bl- and Warren Gatland just fucking beasting them and just making Matthew Bastro throw up everything he's ever eaten. <laughs> and uh, Sebastian Viamina just, just crying salt tears in the corner, <laughs> just cr- running through he's the got tears. No salt left. Yeah, there's, there's absolutely no liquid left in him. He's just crying tears of pure salt. Oh. Camille Lopez making a note from his mum I've been excluded from these kinds of exercises, Mr. Gatland. <laughs> Sean, show what I do with these. Show what I do with these notes. Sean Edwards eats the note. <laughs> um, I mean, who wouldn't? In, but Jenny, I'd field, love to see would... what he could do with France because actually, yeah, yeah, I think he'd want to measure control he couldn't have though. That's the thing that I think. There's so much politics in the French game, and it's the same reason that. And maybe I'm being just a bit optimistic, and because I don't want it to happen. But for the same reason, I don't think he's going to go to England either. Well, I thought because the whole think... point is that he wanted to go home and be nearer to well, his family because he he's effectively been living like a knit. the All Blacks coach after the World Cup. But he, um, um, I suppose if that doesn't work out, he's got to consider his options, hasn't he? Because yeah, he's well, effectively I mean, been like a bloke who li- who's in the Navy or on a submarine well, for years, hasn't we he? We discussed just, the, you know, yeah. the, fucking, the conversations with Bryn. Oh, don't, I've got a bubble. The long, sad conversations with Bryn. <laughs> yeah, he's basically been living away from his family for the last, you know... 11 years. Let the poor fucking guy go home. That's what happens and... when your missus keeps bringing stuff out to put in the boot after you've finished doing it. <laughs> you move literally as far away as a human can I'm get. I'm going to the other side of the fucking world because you've just brought stay... out... <laughs> and I'm going to stay there for most of our children's formative years. Because you just brought out a fucking big ornament that your mum no longer wants. <laughs> no, it's, it's you made me go on that ladder and fucking clean those windows in our beach house because there was a photographer coming round and I fucked me for it. <laughs> right, um, um, yeah, yeah, so... so... I, I would genuinely, genuinely love to see a Gatland France on the pitch. Um because yeah, why not? Like imagine that French team with the physical the athletes that they've got conditioned properly and organized properly. Yeah, and that's to be fair, going back to Algara, I think one a couple of things. One, I think that's very good because as you said, the the rats in defence. Because the mm. defence needs fucking organising. They're assuming oh, they're, yeah. he's allowed to actually coach them because that's a question that keeps so. coming up. And also, actually, you know, I used to get a bit... Everyone used to get pissed off with Elgara one way or the other when he was playing. But I admire the coaching um, career he's taken. It would have Me been too, very, actually. very easy for him to go back and demand some kind of role at Monster. Absolutely. And all that, which he would have got. Have it would have been, it. Yeah. It'd been very comfortable for him and very easy. But he's he sought out the challenges, so fair play to him. While we're actually talking about uh, coaches who've taken an unconventional route to uh, to getting some respect back, uh, probably need to mention a, a certain Welsh coach who's gone overseas and has has made a name for himself, uh, Kingsley Jones. Sorry, no. Lynn Howes. Um, sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but Steve, much maligned, particularly by me, uh, Steve Tandy, who's coaching the Waratahs defence these days, and. Uh, has been earning rave reviews in Australia for basically stopping and shutting out the previously hitherto 
unstoppable Crusaders uh, offensive juggernaut mm-hmm. this weekend. Yeah, we've got a few tweets about this at the weekend. But I think yeah. there is something about... I don't think... You, people like him don't become a bad coach. It's about finding your role, isn't it? Yeah. And but when you've only got one job to do and you haven't got all the other shit to do with like selection and all that crap, you can just get on with focusing think, on, you it? know, as, as a task-based coach. Yeah, I think that's, that's a big part of it is like, you know, some, it's very easy for, you know, coaches, particularly young coaches, which is easy to forget that he still is, mm. to sort of get not over-promoted, but just to have so much shit loaded onto them that, you know, they forget what they're good at and they lose focus of what they're good at. I also think he got the Ospreys at a bad time. Yes, he did definitely. It's only now you look back, you think he probably didn't have the best period to be managing that team, did he? the dice were loaded from the start. I'm not absolving him of stuff, but, you know, it's... Well, he got them for a year with Shane Williams and Mike Phillips and Lee Burton and won the league and then it all went wrong. Hmm. Right then, so that's what we're talking about then. I can't remember. Uh, News. The World League's not isn't happening. Apparently not, which I'm delighted about, obviously. But uh, yeah, I thought it was an intriguing thing when I saw the actual model that came out. I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't going to fucking poo-poo it straight away. I did the first version of it. I heard about as we the first version as we was discussed. A shit idea. Yeah, but when I saw what they actually came up with after that meeting in Dublin, I thought, you know what? You know, you can't worse. stay the way you are forever, can you? So no. it could no. have been worse. Um, and there's something to think about. He wasn't perfect, but. Yeah, but basically it's not happening because England have gone, well, we can't support it because if England get relegated, then rugby in England will cease to exist, (laughs) which A, is very dramatic, and B, is not true. (laughs) And also, England are never going to get relegated from the Six Nations. Come off it. This is what you've got to to feel for world rugby, haven't you? At the end of the day, they can't control anything, really. No. It's a bit this like, is... you know, the competition later on, the Sunwolves have been kicked out of Super Rugby by Sanzar because Super yeah. Rugby's run by them. So if they don't like it, it's like, yeah, you can fuck off now. Yeah. And the JRFU can basically just go, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Well, I've, I've written a very yeah. strongly yeah, worded have, letter back to you a... to say I don't like this. Yeah, they don't have any seat at that table, unlike El Haguares and the... Argentine Union, mm. you know, there's no, there's nobody sticking up for them in that room, which is a bit harsh. But yeah, I'm just. They should, ju- they should just send Killy Wolf in and get that, get it sorted. That would be my, as a chosen representative, that would be my preference. I think. Yes. Imagine if he but, was one of the five entities in Wales. <laughs> Sun Wolf, Killy Wolf. If that's the thing, if they off, if they wanted to get rid of the Ospreys and the Scarlets and merge them and then make them the Sun Wolves, I'd be fucking well on board with that. <laughs> Let's do it. I'd say, yeah, I'd say the opportunity for the Ospreys over it all goes uh, south. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll pop up in. Super Rugby have demonstrated that geography yeah. is no barrier. Absolutely no barrier at all. And saying that, so is the Pro 14, so, you know. Yeah, there's, talk, some, there's some pipeline walls, talk about walls, Georgia and all sorts, isn't there? Some walls in Pro 14, let's make this happen. Oh, can you the imagine? world's most comically long away trip. <laughs> They'd have to base them somewhere <laughs> else. Fucking Edinburgh to Japan. They should, I mean, just, they they should just base it at Brewery Field or something. Yeah, why not? Sunwolves at Brewery Field. Oh, <laughs> going off over the fucking tunnel. Yes. I'd, be, I'd, I'd travel the hour and a half to Bridgend <laughs> from my house for that every month, as would any of us, let's be honest. Lots of signings this week. Yes. every uh, The regions have clearly finally been able to go to people. Uh, we will exist yeah, next we can, year. We, can, we will exist next year. Would you like to play for us? 
And some people have said yes. Some people have said maybe. So Josh Adams is going Shingler's to Cardiff. Got to yes. I think uh, where's Steve Shingler gone? Uh, Steve Shingler has gone to uh, I can't remember. He's gone somewhere in the Pro D two. Oh, he? Basically, they basically went because oh, he fancies losing well, an eye. Well, they were like, well, have a, well, they kept saying to him, "Yeah, well, we'll have a contract for you," and he kept going, "Yeah, but when?" And they went at the end of the season, and he's like, "No." I've spent too long in this game company. without having all my fingers broken. I'm off to French Pro D2. <laughs> well, but I think basically he just goes, I need to pl- go somewhere I can play rugby for a couple of months so that maybe someone will give me a contract next year, <laughs> <laughs> which is a fucking damning indictment of everything that's been going on. But there we are. Yes. Professionalism uh, done right. Yes, Josh Adams is going to Cardiff. Um, They're heavy on wingers uh, at Cardiff now, aren't they? I was going to say, they do not need Josh Adams. Or they don't need Hallam Amos. Well, I think you need a, a defined need. I think everyone needs a player who's playing as well as him and as talented as him at his age. Absolutely. However, I see what you're saying. They are quite heavy on wingers. I'm assuming some people are going to get shifted out. I don't know. Well, if they shift out Owen Lane, they're fucking he idiots. He looks good, doesn't he? He looks very good. And Hallam Amos is very good. And Josh Adams is very good. Hallam Amos has got a magnificent egg in the nest, by the way. Yes, that is. Oh, it's a got, thing of beauty. What is it with rugby doctors in Wales? And is he a doctor uh, as well? You know, just yeah, he's he's uh, he's Jamie Two Electric Boogaloo, but the uh, most and comical eggy in the nest situation. Sort of receding hairline, comical hair I've seen. I think is is Rodri Williams, the dragon scrum half. Yeah, what's that hair all about? It's it's basically what happened if Liam Gallagher hadn't got a hair transplant, you know. But he's let it grow half over his ears. Yeah, but it's, it's then like thinning on top. Yeah, slightly mulleted. It's got a, it's got a weird Britpop vibe. It's sort of what I imagine Johnny Marr or Paul Weller looks like when they take the wig off, <laughs> without the hairspray and dry shampoo all over it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, what yeah. other news we've got? James Botham. Speaking of Cardiff, yes, Ian Grandson, grandson of. Ian, son of Liam, has also signed a professional contract. I didn't know he was even there, yes. but interesting. Yes, I didn't know he was actually at the Blues. I knew he played for Wales under 20s, uh, or was it under 18s a couple of years ago, um, and was very good for them. How many um, caps did Liam get for Wales? Didn't he play for Wales? Or no, did he play for England Saxons? Am I getting mixed up now? Can't remember. Something like that. Anyway. Either uh, way. What else have we got news-wise? I missed this last week. Kieran Reid's retiring from international rugby after the World Cup. Yes. To focus on unnervingly staring at people with those eyes yeah. on a full-time to basis. Your full-time Tony Blair impression. <laughs> He's just going to start hanging around bits of London, just looking that, at people with his His eyes open too wide, yeah. yeah. No, no, um, remind. No, he's going to... Remind. 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 He's going to look at people intensely while smiling and just... <laughs> remind, that, that, that's not the rules, remind. Look into my eyes. <laughs> not around the eyes. Uh... <laughs> Yes, in reality, he's just going to go and get incredibly rich in Japan and more power to him. Good for him. Great player. And honestly, frightening eyes aside, seems like a really decent bloke. Yeah. In that very New Zealandy way. Yeah, and an incredibly good player. Probably a bit past his prime now, it must be said. Yeah, if you think about him, what, two years ago? Oh, fucking me. He was good. Yeah. When he was popping up in the wide channels and just. Like doing a T-Rex. all those things that, yeah, <laughs> exactly like that. With with, um, with longer arms, slightly longer arms. Yeah. But yeah, good luck to him. I say we've talked about the Sunwolves are no more. So uh, any other news from sure. you before we? No, no. I think that's all. We've 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 done all the news. Literally every bit of it. 
Nothing else going on, is there, that we need to talk no. about? Knees wise. No. Something I want to talk about. While we're recording this, they're doing all that votey thing with hanging around bits of paper in Parliament. I've literally got no fucking idea what's going on. No, I made I'm, a joke I'm, on Twitter. I said, even though it's happening immediately in front of me, I'm completely confused and not have a fucking clue what's going on. I now know what Johan Uge feels like at fullback. Yeah. I can see everything that's going on, but I've yeah. no fucking idea what to do about it. So. Or indeed what every single referee in the world thinks when they look at a scrum. Yeah. It's, like, it's all happening, but... Yeah. I've got absolutely no idea what it means. So I reckon I reckon a load of MPs would do the Johnny Lacey route and just, just put yeah. their arm out. Just, just penalise both sides. What's just that for? Uh, blinging. That's not a thing, Johnny. Do you mean hinging? Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, my God. I, so I've just seen a thing from Ladbrokes that Michael Gove is odds-on to be the new Prime Minister. So let's just We're not talking about that. Let's move let's on. Record, let's record this podcast forever, and then we won't have to engage with reality <laughs> anymore. <laughs> let's go back to talking subway <laughs> options. Uh, right then, shall we talk uh, about the weekend? Yeah. Even though it was a while ago now, and again, it's probably old yeah. news. That's just Because we're then gonna, we're gonna, we are going to do some previews of the European fixes that are coming up. But let's just talk quickly about the weekend. I suppose the big story in the... Well, look at the Liam Gallagher Premiership is um, yes. is the relegation battle because the top yes, two are so fucking far ahead. Yet. Oh, yeah. The top of the tables, nobody cares. The bottom... It's like the tortoise and the hare's original ending. <laughs> the, a more realistic ending. Yeah. yeah. For the test audience uh, yeah. who didn't like it. With yeah. Newcastle, yeah, Newcastle beating Sale, Bristol's piss-poor loss at home to Worcester that they absolutely should have won that game. Um what looked like a foregone conclusion a couple of weeks ago uh, has got a little bit interesting. There's only 10 points, right, between Bath in 7th and Newcastle in 12th. And with five games to go, that's really not much. It's a mad, mad season, isn't it? A lot yeah. of people are, are making this a reason to say, ah, you see, if you get rid of relegation, then this is what will happen. So I decided uh, the other day, because this is how I am, I went, yeah. hang on, I'm going to have a look at, relegation for the past 10 years and look at the table in the last 10 years I've not compiled it I'm going from memory thinking doing that terrible thing of thinking I'm going to prove that fucking relegation is never really a battle and actually five of the past 10 years the bottom two or three have had quite a tight number of points between them there's the obvious ones like London Irish years London <clears> Welsh years yeah that year Northampton went down it was, wasn't as tight as you think but anyway the point is that yeah it is what isn't usual is that everybody, like you say, from the mid-table is dragged into it. It's usually between two, three teams at most. Yeah, there's usually two, isn't there, when it's a battle. Hmm. Or somebody gets cut away. And one of them is Worcester. <laughs> yeah. And it usually gets... When, how long are Worcester going to keep fucking dodging that bullet for? Because honestly... I saw, I saw a Worcester fan on Twitter who doesn't follow me. They were responding <laughs> to someone else saying, it was, um, saying, this is basically what our season is and I love it. We know every year we're going to be battling to stay up. And it's like, there's a kind of sort of, you know, Sisyphus' progress sort of thing about it. Yeah, every year they're going to battle to stay up and every year they're just going to avoid it. Yeah, and for them, and that's their... And I suppose every game is a fucking nightmare. It keeps it interesting, doesn't it? Yeah, I fucking hate it. I'm going back through the last... Worcester are currently 11th, right? For the last two seasons before that, they finished 11th. Mm. Season before that, they were 10th. Uh, season before that, they were relegated, so they they weren't in the Premiership. Season before that, they were twelfth, obviously, because that was when they got relegated. Season before that, eleventh. <laughs> yeah, see, 
So to be a Worcester fan is to is to is to suffer, but not really suffer because you don't get relegated much. No, but the the, the spectre of it is there, like impending danger at all yeah. times. So the last time for the last ten years, right, going back to two thousand and nine, the highest they finished is tenth, and the lowest they finished is twelfth. But I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I mean. Not you brilliant. I mean, you'd like that to do better, but the fact they've got fans and that's their experience, that was only one fan, but you know what I mean? That that's who they are. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel that quite closely being a fan of Lee in rugby league because we are a yo-yo team. If mm. we go up to what would have been the first division back then and now the Super League, we know we're fucking clinging on for dear life from the minute we get up yeah. there. And it is depressing and compelling last, in equal measure. The last time Worcester finished higher than 10th, was when they came eighth in 2005. Was it even a league then? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And then they came ninth in 2000. So when they came up originally in 2003, 2004, they were momentarily okay and they went eighth and ninth. And ever since then, they've either been 10th, 11th or relegated. And the thing is, you look at that fucking, that team. This year's team. Worcester have got. It's a banging back line that might end up going down, isn't it? They've got, and you look at that Newcastle team as well, and you just think, Jesus Christ, like, there's some good players there. Really when you look, good. that's the interesting part of it. When you look at all these squads, it's not that interesting, it's that tight. Because actually, mm. Bath probably are only that much better than that Worcester squad. They're better, but <laughs> they're, they're not, not a lot. But they're not, yeah. you know, jumpingly better. Yeah, you look at, you know, you look at Bristol and you just, and, or Leicester. And you think, like, Bristol have got some great players and Leicester have got some great players, but... Leicester are completely and utterly workmanlike in the forwards. That's the thing. Utterly. You look at... And not in a good way. Yeah, and, and Bristol are just playing bad in the forwards with some, with the notable exception of their back row, which is very good. The rest of it is very, very average. Yeah. But, you know, you look at that Worcester back, uh, the Worcester back line and it's like... You know, they've got Ryan Mills, they've got Ben Teo, they've got Josh Adams, they've got Chris Pennell, they got... Heem. They've got Bryce Heen, they've got Francois Huard, they've got Duncan Who? Weir. Huard. <laughs> I don't know why I went weird accent then. Um, yeah, they've got it's Ashley amazing. Beck, who presumably never placed them because he's always injured, I don't know. Um, I've really liked Ashley Beck. I wish it had worked out I, a better for him. Honestly, lovely it makes, a lovely player, and by all accounts, a nice lad. How old is he now? Fully, 30? He must be, you know. He's got to be 30 ish. He's probably it's one of the. Is he going to be one of those ones that we've? He's twenty eight. Younger than I thought. Still time. Um, <laughs> to do what? Play a game for Worcester. But then you look at fucking Newcastle, and you just think fucking they that back row that they've got is fucking good, man. Like yeah, England saviour Mark Wilson. Yeah, Gary Graham, Mark Wilson, John Hardy, Nagusa. That's. Those are fucking good players. They've and, got the know, greatest back... fullback who's ever played the game in Simon yes. Hammersley. <laughs> they've got Sinotti, Sinotti. They've got Nicky Gonner. So good they got... named him twice, etc. Yeah. They've got Alex Dunbar. Chris Going back Harris. to the weekend, the that kit was, I'm assuming, a Doddy 5 thing. It was, yes. I mean, Which fair play good. to them. Fair Which play to them. because it's a fucking abomination. It was a an visual absolute abomination. abomination. Yeah. <laughs> But if it's raised some money for charity, who are we to to scoff? But um, yeah, well, actually, exactly. I won't. Who scoff, are we? We're the Blood and Blood. Com podcast. It was a fucking worst. disgrace. But 
Yeah, not not the worst. You know, does tartan charity. ever work in a shirt? No. The Scottish the Scottish kit had a bit of like tartan piping, didn't it? Yes. Or what would you? Fun, you were not a term better than me. It wasn't piping. It was thicker than piping. What was it called? Yes, they had some tartan panelling. Oh, thank you. So yes. you know all the fucking lingo, don't I do. you? Um, I will say though that with all love and respect to Doddy, his particular shade of tartan, because that is the Doddy wear. Or the kind of blue and sort the of like... The blue and yellow and white. yellow sort of thing, yeah. Yeah. It's a horrible, horrible colour combination. It's like a tartan version of that Northampton Away kit from last it year. Speaking but, of Away kits, man, what is that Quinn's kit like? Awful. It Genuinely looks terrible. like radioactive spew that's been left <laughs> for too long. It looks so much worse with the shorts. Like, it, it looks like bad. alien... The blood from the film Aliens. It does a bit. If it had been left to go stale. Yeah. And it's the yeah, as you say, that, it wouldn't be that bad if they didn't have it with that dirty sink water short colour. Yeah, but is it more offensive than Saracens wearing a third shirt that is the that is blue because Allianz is blue? Yeah, and the one that they had with pinstripes in because it was based on city traders' suits. Uh, yes, but yeah, for me, for me, having a third kit that is blue because your main sponsor is blue. And that's nothing to do with the club. You're literally making it blue to make Allianz happy. It's a bit much, isn't it? Nothing says we're in bed with the city quite like that. Humility. Yeah. Hard work, honesty. Hashtag Wolfpack. Integrity. <laughs> Shilling. <laughs> <laughs> Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Speaking of Shelley, my friend works for a company, I won't tell you who it is, but they had a seat, their big CEO was over from America this week for a CEO's dinner. And the musical guest was, speaking of Gallagher Premiership, Noel Gallagher. Oh, Noel. Yeah. I mean, I know everyone's got their price, but come on. Yeah. I think he's, though, I think he's always liked money, hasn't he? Well, everybody likes, but does he not have enough money? Does I know he's yeah, had a How much is enough? If somebody says, hey, I have 500 grand to sing five songs with an acoustic guitar, you know, nobody's going to turn that down, are they? I guess so. But, like, Slash, right? Yeah. According to his divorce settlement, even before the last Guns N' Roses tour was earning uh, 480000 was get had incomings of $480,000 a month purely on the back of royalties from Appetite for Destruction, basically. Because of now, radio play and all that stuff. Yeah, because of radio play, because of sales. Streaming, sales. Imagine yeah. how much money Noel Gallagher gets for what's Story Morning Glory, <laughs> definitely, maybe, <laughs> given that he wrote all the songs. Yes. He doesn't need... 500, like, 
I suppose you said a week's wages for him, maybe, or a couple of days' wages for a night's work. But when you get... No. And given he's meant to be this rebel without a coin, hanging around with CEOs, you'd think he wouldn't really be into that, would you? Yeah. Anyway, Mm. sorry. Sidebar. So anyway, so Leicester, right? Yes. Have conceded 101 points. Yes. In all tournaments. And if you look at the Premiership, they've conceded more points... No, sorry, the second highest number of points after Bristol. Yeah. But Bristol, Bristol have also... Because... Bristol have all the tri-bonus points, which is why they can... Everyone's yeah. got got six wins in that bottom Yeah, it's four. all down... Yeah, Newcastle and Bristol are only... Yeah. yeah, Bristol are quite a way ahead, purely on the virtue of the fact that they've been fun. <laughs> yes. So and see, they've... anybody says a bonus point isn't worth it. Yeah. Just... Play sexy rugby, score loads of tries, lose forty-three, fucking forty. Yeah, lose forty-three, forty, but you still get two bonus points out of it. What's interesting is that most teams, I think, when they've gone down, have gone down on thirty-two stroke thirty-four points. Mm. And the interesting thing is, is that you could look at this and think, you know, under normal circumstances, Leicester or Worcester or Newcastle are kind of certain to go down. But I just don't. There's five games left. And you can't, you can't really say, well, nobody's, one of these three isn't going to win a game for the rest of the season. You look at Leicester, Leicester's running, running right, is not good. They've got extra at home. That's mm. a loss. Yeah. Uh, away to Newcastle. Away to Quinns. Home to Bristol and then at home to Bath. Like, I see two wins there. Yeah, the outside. Might, they really. probably, yeah, they'll probably beat Bristol at home and probably beat Bath at home, but I don't think either of those are gimmies. They've got a shout to beat Newcastle away, I think. They're in a shout. It's, it's, it's in with a shout. I'm not saying it's definite, but it's yeah, a shout. Yeah, that's the thing, but they, they've got hard games. Like, and equally, and they keep Newcastle, conceding fuckloads of points. Yeah, and if Newcastle can beat, Bristol at, uh, beat Newcastle at home and then they've got Bristol at home on the last day. Fucking hell. That could be anyone's as well. It's, it is a serious, like, from a Bristol point of view, huge fuck up on the weekend. Because if they'd have beaten Worcester, they'd be home and host. Yes. Whereas now they are right back in the shit. And Newcastle would have been right in the shit if they hadn't beat Sale. Yeah. And by the way. Well, equally, well, Worcester would be, you know, Worcester would be bottom by now if those, if Worcester had lost to Bristol and um, Newcastle had beaten Sale. Sale were five points down with two minutes to go and they kicked the ball away twice in those two minutes, including when they were in the tw- the, the Newcastle 22. It was Sale absolutely fucking, broke me. fucking brainless. <laughs> I was watching that game and genuinely, it, it's weird when you have absolutely no like dog in a game at all and yet it still drives you up the fucking wall. <laughs> But that was where I was watching that game from. It was just like, what are you doing? Look at the attacking talent that you've got there. Just fucking use it. Or just keep the ball for 120 seconds and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. It's not, you know, you're five points away. down, keep the ball for 120 seconds and see what happens. It's not really. And I suppose it's difficult, isn't it, you talk about coaching. I don't think any coach, well, I don't know. It is a coach killer, that stuff, isn't it? It's like, what the, the fuck are you doing? Is, yeah. 
But then again, I suppose if, if that kicked through in the last minute, I'd been caught and they'd scored, then it's different altogether. But, oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so that's mm. pretty interesting. Quinns versus Saracens was fun. Well, it, only yeah, because it's incredibly bad tempered. Oh, really ill-tempered. It was fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely delighted. I mean, it would have been in my good, but I'll just say it now. Liam Williams fucking smashing Danny Kerr was hilarious. It's been good for a lot of people, actually, so we'll leave that. We'll part that and talk about it later. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. the whole thing was just so fucking mardy. I loved it. Yes, it was. More shit, like more people just being really shitty to each other. Please, it was just really fun. Did you have a bit of squeaky bum in the uh, Dragons Ospreys game? Fucking right, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was a you know, fucking dreadful game, to be honest. Yeah. Like as most games involving the Ospreys or the Dragons are <laughs> these days. But uh, yeah, I'm glad we're know. having a day out to go and see it. Can't wait. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it was fine in the end because. Uh, yeah, the Dragons should never have been gifted two tries. You know, they got two intercept tries, and that was literally the only thing they did all game. They're an awful team, a really bad team. And the Ospreys very nearly decided to fucking piss it away at the end there. But, yeah, win's a win. Bonus point. Happy days. I, I honestly thought, like, we might not win another game this season. So I remember you saying um, that, yeah. So I'm just pleased that we managed to not quite fuck that up. We tried really hard, but uh, thank goodness for Dan Evans. Yes. He scored four tries. That's amazing, isn't it? It's just stupid is what it is. Honestly, like, he signed no, a new contract this week as well. He has, yeah. And, you know, again, his, I understand why he's ignored by Wales, but it's like this guy scoring four tries a game. Just give him a maybe want to see if he's all right. Yeah, yeah. have a look at it. Yeah. You were loving Nigel at the weekend, weren't you? Uh, Nigel was incredibly frustrating <laughs> as per... I'm just bored of... There was a moment where Dan Evans' is, is head guard got taken off. Such was the angle and ferocity of a high hit from the Dragons player. And he shouted, no, no, round the chest, it's fine. Nigel's head guard came off. How do you think that happened with physics, mate? And <laughs> I'm sure when he watches the film Scanners and that bloke's head explodes, he goes, oh, it's, a rugby, it's a rugby fine, incident, that's fine. Yep. He <laughs> started round the show of the chest and moved up. He was pulling uh, at his chest as it started, it's fine. Uh, honestly, I'm so bored of Nigel now. I really hope he doesn't ref the Ospreys Blues game when we go to Judgment Day because I like Nigel. I genuinely like Nigel. He seems like a decent bloke and he's probably, you know, giving of his time and he's a bit of a laugh. It's just, yeah. It's Nigel. It's the problem that Nigel the celebrity has become directly inversely proportional with Nigel the referee. So the bigger the media star he becomes, the worse the referee becomes. And I don't think that's unrelated, but even if it is unrelated, it's annoying. (laughs) And it's not to say that he doesn't... I don't, I don't think he stopped focusing on it because he's, he's no. a serious professional guy, obviously. But I think the thing is, when he's not refing as excellently as he would, all the other stuff gets brought into relief. It's like Alex exactly. Cuthbert not scoring tries thing, and it? it's exactly everything like, else gets yeah. noticed. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Anything I else mean, on the weekend that you want to... Well, from the Pro 14's point of view, is Wayne Pivak sure about this Byron Hayward lock? 
because like a man who's suddenly been hit with the crippling reality that he's going to have to move to Wigan next year, Sean Edwards is basically <laughs> fucking winking coquettishly at any rugby union team on the planet right now. But you see the Wigan state when they came out, on... by the way. Yeah. Went, oh yeah. Well, yeah. We well, haven't given him a contract. And like the and I yeah. hold my hand up to that. That was my mistake. But he did do a press conference with us where he said he. Yeah, he did a know, press conference with us, and we took his words and his handshake as. Uh, because that's how things work in the world of highly paid oh, professional sport. That's him. But like Pivac seems dead set on taking Byron Hayward with him from the Scarlets to coach Wales's defence after the World Cup. Um, the problem is the Scarlets have shipped nearly 25 points a game in the Pro 14 this season. Um, the only teams who conceded more are the Kings, Zebra, the Dragons and the Cheetahs. Um, and then there was Friday night where they found themselves 31-0 down to the Blues after about 20 minutes. Um, are we that really going to let... was fucking bonkers. <laughs> I'm sure the ref just kind of went, oh, no, I'm not having this. He's not on this. I'm going to have to no. give them some points somehow. Stop. Yeah, we're going to have to send some people off here. This is silly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, are we really... Is he really sure that he wants to let the best defence coach in the world go and make England better, for example, or just oh, go and coach Wasps or whatever? The, like... Are we happy to let like a man that just seems to be like an average domestic defence coach? Maybe he's like, going to bring him and John Thomas together to make one whole mediocre offering. <laughs> it's not the whole thing, though. It's not very edifying, is it? Like for from an Edwards point of view, like saying, "Well, I haven't got a contract," so I think it's a bit of a twat trick. I thought better of him than that, actually. Yeah, that's his hometown like, club. Actually, they were always yeah. in a sort. They were always going to sort out, you know, he's returning after, he's not, he'll get away with a lot because of who he is with that club, but he's not coached there. He's not given, you know, he's, he's, he's got his legendary playing status in the bank, but he's not got enough to be fucking around with them like this. And yeah. I don't, and I actually think, he, I don't like Wigan at all. Anything that makes him look stupid makes me laugh, but I still think that it's, um, <laughs> I still think that it's, it's a bit out of order. And, I, and as, as I said, I, I thought more of him than that. Yeah, I think that in other circumstances or with the shoe on the other foot, Sean Edwards would be the man who would say that, you know, a handshake and a verbal agreement means, you know, you know, a word is my bond kind of way means a lot. And he could have dealt and, with having no contract out of the public eye. Yes. He could have got his representatives de- or him to get in touch with people he probably knows very closely at Wigan to say, mm. you need to fucking sort this out. I need to know what I'm earning next year. Yeah. And and then, you know, even and him sort of going, well, hypothetically, you know, I would like the England job when there's not a vacancy there right now and the current defence coach is doing a pretty good job. Like, that's a bit of a cunt's trick as well, isn't it? And also, be like, careful whatever, what you think you... Of, whatever you think of John Mitchell, like, he is in the job, he is not doing a bad job. No, he's not at all. Not doing a bad job. So, at all. like, basically angling for the job of a man who's fucking working a couple hundred yards down the road is a bit fucking much to me. But and also, Wigan fans, yeah. be careful what you wish oh, for with with with, with big lifelong fans respect. and yeah. Mm. Be careful what you wish Equally for because though, you know. You... Look at Paul Scholes at Oldham. Yes. Or don't, because I'd rather not. Because I'm fucking <laughs> fuming about it. So anyway, sorry. Uh, I don't blame you to be honest, but you know. Such as what this is why you shouldn't, you should never go back, as they say. Well, Skulls never went there in the first place, even though he said no. he would come and play for us at one point. Oh, yeah, stumpy he did. ginger fun. fucker. <laughs> and then basically, because things weren't quite as he thought they were, he pissed off after a month. 
I'm sure it was. I, I don't. I think Old Athletic is a nightmare right now, but he fucking owed us more than a month. Yeah, give us the twat to the end of the season. Yes. Equally though, as much as I've lost respect for Sean Edwards over this, if he wants to stay with Wales, I'm fucking delighted. I'll forgive. Well, I'll forgive that. him that. That's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's not me he's being a cunt to. So. And it is only Wigan he's being a twat to. I'm not that bothered, <laughs> but it's just I don't think it's a good look. It's not a good look, and I it genuinely does make me think less of him. But oh well. Shall we? Have you done anything else on the weekend you want to chit-chat about? No, fuck no. Let's crack on. Let's go on to the next weekend, shall we? Yeah. Which is the um, quarterfinals of the European competitions, but I'm only going to talk about the Big Cup because I am. Unless you want to well, talk about something else. No, no, no. By all means. Uh, Should we go in chronological order? Uh, let's do that chronological order. Edinburgh versus Munsters at 12.45. Yes. I, I'm going to this game. Ooh. I'm getting the train from the mighty Flint station at R5 in the morning to get up for that ridiculous fucking kickoff time, by the way. 12. Honestly, what the hell are they doing kicking off a fucking major European knockout game at 12.45? It's a disgrace. People are still being bloody Weatherspoons having the big breakfast. As well they should be, frankly. Um... Yeah, I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. The reason why I'm going is I think it will be quite a tie, actually. Yeah. However, you have made the point, haven't you, about how this might be a good game, but is this, what, the fourth time it's been played this year already or something? Something like that. And basically, I think this is the most boring slate of fucking quarterfinals as a neutral ever because you've got Saracens-Glasgow, which is a repeat of a group stage game that we've already seen twice. You've got Edinburgh Munster, which is a repeat of a Pro 14 game that we've already seen this season. Uh, we've got Leinster Ulster, which is a repeat of a Pro 14 game we've already seen this season. And Racing Toulouse, which is a, a repeat of a top 14 game that we've seen this season. I honestly think there should be a, if possible, keep <laughs> countries apart rule in all this. Just because there, there could be some good ties in that. And I know that seeding, blah, 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 blah. But from a neutral point of view, I'd have much rather seen Saris to lose, Glasgow fucking Rassing, or, you know, Saris Ulster, Glasgow, I don't know, fucking some, some combination. Where There's probably nothing not that just... can be done about it, but you can express there your frustration, isn't. that's but fine. I could be annoyed about it. That doesn't stop... <laughs> If that history has proven anything, the fact that there's no practical solution to it will not stop, stop us losing our <laughs> shit about it. So, Indeed. But they will still be very good games, I'm sure. Like, Sarri's Glasgow has got a proper bit of spice about that, I feel, after the group stages, which is at least going to make things interesting, hopefully. And it's got the potential of being a good match as well. Plenty well, of balling is, out there. We live in hope that there will be some semblance of a rugby game breaking out because one of the things that was slightly unedifying from the uh, the group stage game was that it didn't feel like Saris were particularly bothered about engaging in playing rugby in those games against no, Glasgow. That's true, actually. So, yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? It's but I think knockout rugby is amazing. Edinburgh Munster, yes, but it can sometimes be a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you've got to play the. Uh, you've well, got to play the. You're playing the. You're playing the tour, You're playing tournament rugby to win, aren't you? Yeah, it's win or go home, and that often means that games are not brilliant. Sometimes it means they are brilliant, yeah. because everything goes a bit mad. 
but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to Edinburgh Monster. I think that's going to be the game of the weekend. Yeah. I just think Edinburgh is such a high at the moment, and Murrayfield will be packed. And I don't know yeah. how many tickets you've sold, but I know, I know they kept opening up blocks. A shout out to listener and 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 friend Edinburgh Rugby, who's helped me hugely with tickets and advice and what to do and where to go. Um, which is and so thank you very much to you for that. Patricia's get, got in touch. She put this in for good, but I'm going to put it in here because it is part of the preview. She said, good is the impending battle of the back rows in this Edinburgh Munster game because you've got Barkley, mm. Watson and Matter versus Omani, Cloty and Stander. I, yeah, well, I was going to say in my good this week, I honestly think that with Barkley finally fit and Matter and the, and the Mish, it's just a gloriously balanced and yet dynamic and exciting back row. Yeah. It might be the best back row unit in yeah. Europe, to be honest. Alexa, On show form. me a balanced back row. About yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 really it's they're a really really good unit. And if anybody can cause monster problems, it's probably those three. Patricia did finish off by saying, as a monster supporter, I'm not too confident about the outcome. Yeah, the the kind of gnarly and tough monster, aren't they? And they've won quite a lot of games in that way this season. And, mm. and that's not doing them down. They played some really no, well no, as well, but that, that's kind of where they're at. Um, but I think, you know, they're having to go away to Edinburgh. Edinburgh, as you said, are on the crest of something reasonable, I think. And uh, mm. it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Saracens, Glasgow, we've kind of talked about, but mm. I said that's only going one way, isn't it? I would imagine so, but it would be fun if they lost. Just because I don't like Saracens. Well, that's always true. But um yes. But yeah, it would be interesting to see. I'd like the Glasgow to turn up and and play the Glasgow way and win. Glasgow were I nearly did. there, weren't they, in that last group game? Yeah. You know, it looked like just... it was touch and go for a while. They could have won it actually, couldn't they? They had a couple of uh, mm. daft decisions, sort of well, composure issues, I think, later on. But um yeah, but I just think in my heart of hearts, I look at that and think, yeah. But yeah, having said all that, Saracens are probably going to win by 10 points. Yeah. Edinburgh Munster, I've got no idea. And the fact I'm going to go up to Edinburgh and be near Edinburgh fans, I'm not going to make any kind of prediction that may do what happens when we make predictions. <laughs> so I'm, I'm saying nothing. I think it'll be a very uh, enjoyable game. Oh, shit. I've just jinxed the enjoyability of the game now. But, yeah, um, well done. Looking forward to it. Leinster versus Ulster is going to be, and mm. um, I've actually, I've actually got that it's. I've got Leinster Ulster seventeen forty five because that's the kickoff. I think that could be the score, but the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ulster. But... See, you say that, but I think it's it's probably going to end up. Saying, but I think it'll be on. sixty points to forty-seven. I don't know. See, I think that Ulster are, are a lot better than where they were earlier in the season. They've got no backs, man. They're all. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. That's why I just think it's going to be an attritional sort of siege mentality. Yeah, I reckon it'll be tight until half time, and then it'll Lens finish seventeen forty-five. Probably... Well, I think it'll probably finish about twenty-four ten, maybe like. 11 9, 11-10 at half time. Yeah. And it could be like a situation where they just. Also, don't score a single point in the second half. It will be I very. In one of those. It will be very interesting to see how, if, 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 it, if it has at all, 
how the island malaise, which is probably a, a, very, a very strong word, but that's yeah. the best word, that's the word I've just come up with. I'm not, I'm not going to come up with it. It's an actual real word. That's the word I've used. Um, <laughs> I haven't invented it, just to be clear. Um, it's a great word if you did. I like, tell you what, it's a cracker, isn't it? But uh, the, um, mm. I'm, I, it's interesting to see what happens because obviously Leinster lost to Edinburgh mm. this the weekend, weekend with a team that was actually not shit. not shit, but not you know fully loaded by any no. means whatsoever. Got some good players in there, but not fully loaded. Uh, Monster stuttered a bit, but managed to get there in the end. So it'll be interesting to see when the big players do come back in for this, which they obviously will do, whether there's anything that hangs over. Yeah, because going into this, they were the they were they were winning everything. Ireland were looking at the number one team in the world. There was a kind of foregone conclusion about all of this, which mm. should teach you about you shouldn't think about that that way in sport. But now I I honestly don't know. I think they've well, all got good it. enough systems and good enough coaches to, to fit back in and do okay, but we'll see. This is an interesting whole the whole thing though isn't it it's like does it's we're not used to being in this situation where Ireland basically are dragging you know it's usually they come back from Ireland you know the an island camp and these guys are like pumped up because they just won something and they invigorate mm. their squads Whereas now it's like, how how is that hangover going to be? You know, what, what the first time Johnny Sexton is going to be stepping onto a rugby field since absolutely shit in the bed against Wales and Cardiff is going to be. It's whether it's a permanent form issue, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, sorry, a lot not permanent, a long term, longer term form issue that will mm. carry him back to Leinster. Interesting. I'm intrigued, but. Having said all that, they'll have enough to beat Ulster. But it's where they've got enough to keep going. Because before the international break, before the Six Nations, you'd have just gone, yeah, Ireland are going to walk the Six Nations, Leinster are going to walk the European competitions, or or get Mm. very close, not walk it, but walk to the final probably. Yeah, it's quite nice that it's added that level of uncertainty to things. Because, yeah, it was just at the start of this season, you know, we would have just gone, yeah, Leinster for everything domestically, and Ireland for everything internationally. And yes. now it's it's a little bit cat amongst the pigeons which is nice. It is nice. Speaking of cat among the pigeons, mm. simply because it'll be a bit, that's a mad thing, Racing versus Toulouse is the final one. Yeah. So you wish it wasn't these two together Fuck at this no. stage. Toulouse are looking Fuck better no. this season. They've got something approaching yes. the formidable, they look, they look a lot they're more like they're going old towards the formidable old cells, but I don't think they're enough to, uh, they've got enough to win at Racing away. I would imagine not. However, who knows? Because as as the Six Nations proved, they've got some brilliant players to lose, individuals. Hmm. And when they are doing that thing that they do, they're very, very hard to stop. The problem is, are they going to do it? Are they going to bother? Who knows? Is he, are they going to absolutely to fucking shit the whole thing? We we don't know. We simply we don't abs- know. We have no idea. So yeah, toss a, toss a coin for that one, I think, because I have I, I I trust Racing's big match composure almost less than I trust <laughs> Toulouse's big match composure. So it's the battle of who fucking shits it less. I think. Yeah, that's probably true. 
Where's Maxime Machineau? Is he in? No, he's playing. He's not injured, is he? <laughs> where's, where's Maxime Machineau? A, a question that has been asked many times, sometimes when he's on the field. He's um, pretty solid and reliable. He was probably the best scrum half. He was the best scrum half in Europe. Brilliant. Yeah. And that was literally about 12 months ago, really. Yeah. It wasn't even we think about it. Yeah. Bizarre. They could just they could just go, you know, Machino, Vola Vola, Finn Russell, him off. There's some yeah, fucking I'm... madness in there if you want to let it go in there. <laughs> I can't I I I feel like because they've got that a river end as well, haven't they? The yes. young lad. Yes. He's, he was also mad. I'd tell me you wouldn't enjoy them going full mental with their backline and just going Iriberen, Russell, Vola Vola, him off, Teddy Tomart, <laughs> back a tower, and Zebo at full back and just go fuck it. Zebo fucking increasing all the like... fucking like Kevin Webster from Coronation Street. <laughs> yeah, but just go turbo fucking mental. Why not? Well, like, you know, if you're all going to just be drawn against teams from the same league, that's the only yeah, excuse. That's, well that's what we demand. You might as well do something just to spice it up a little CVC bit. have demanded that they pick the team for this weekend for everyone. <laughs> We're not million miles away from that, let's be honest. Yeah, so Racing are going to win that, I think. And... Uh, yeah, that would be my guess. So that's the uh, quick little preview of the weekend. Should we do some shit good before we disappear into the night? Yes. Uh, what have you... What, shit talk first? about most of my good, to be honest. So, we um, go first, do we? Shit. Oh, go on then. <laughs> well, um, shit, I don't know if this is shit or good. I mean, it is shit, but I enjoyed it, which was uh, Ulster versus the Kings on Saturday... Uh, the Kings getting two players sent off in the same move, which is <laughs> genuinely impressive. Was, but yeah, like they had Tertius Kruger red carded for a, an absolutely blatant elbow to the face, uh, and then that the Ulster player who got elbowed in the face offloaded, and uh, Alandre Van Royen got a yellow card for an absolutely stonewall dangerous high tackle of the man who then received the ball. Um, <laughs> If you it, keep it, passing the ball, we're <laughs> going to keep fucking we're gonna keep wind-piping you. Smacking you in the face. Like, it's the futility of the Kings, though, summed up in one move, in that they played quite well for about 15 minutes against us. <laughs> yes. And then that happens. And yes. it's like, what are you doing? Just, yeah, just, just give yourselves other. a chance, lads. Just, just give yourself... I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't think I've ever seen... Two players get sent off on the same team, get sent off for different things at the same time. I don't believe it's, I've seen that either. It's kind of amazing in a way. Uh, what else have we got to shit in? And from Twitter, Joe Taring gets in touch. He says, shit is Nyavoro. <laughs> Easy for you to say, Lee. Nyavoro. Uh, a one-man case study for size over skill set, understandably mm. hard to stop at six foot five and 19 stone, and a great offloader, but yes. no sign he can pass or catch or knows where to stand. You see, that second <laughs> half of it is basically me when I played. So if I was six foot five and 19 stone, imagine the career I could have had. I could have yeah, played for Northampton. Absolutely at the top level right now. Remember when he played for Glasgow and he was like, for about a week, he looked at like fucking Joan Lomu level unplayable. <laughs> yeah. And then people realised that he had absolutely no idea oh. about anything to do with rugby. He just 
was a big lad who could run fast and do an offload. Yeah, he's a he's and he has those kind of he look he looks brilliant on YouTube. You highlight clip him together. He looks absolutely amazing. Yeah, he's YouTube, a, he's but, an incredible YouTube player because of his size and because of the offloading. And then you yeah. actually apply any kind of tactical requirement to him. <laughs> you watch him on defense. Yeah, any kind of tactical requirement. Yes. What else have we got? The shit. Tom Dare gets in touch. He says, shit is Craig Maxwell Keys bottling, making a decision on whether Callum Green bit Rob Webber. Despite footage of Green's mouth in his hand, mouth on his <laughs> hand, and a bite mark in the same place on Webber's hand. If you want to ignore the painfully obvious and make shit decisions, become an MP, Craig. Ooh, a little bit of satire, Tom. I like that. But uh, yes, um, there is a question mark about whether he's brave enough to make decisions, isn't there? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there you go. I mean, yeah, he was a dirty get. He was literally a dirty get. Oh, what about that? Send him off. Send the dirty get <laughs> off. Get him off the field. But Craig chose not to do that because, and I don't have the clip of it because he is a bottleless get, as, a, as what it, as the, that clip does say. Um, <laughs> Ben Parker gets in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud. He mm. says, shit, um, is the Scarlet's defence and selection in a critical game? Honestly, the defence was comically bad. And he says, and also shit, is people's backwards attitude to residency players playing for Wales? Uh, yes, I assume this is something to do with Johnny McNichol, who uh, will qualify and Gareth for Anscombe. us. And Gareth Anscombe. He's questions of it. Because uh, he wants an extra 200 sort of... grand a year, they said, oh, well, see. Doesn't love Wales as much, does he? That, yeah, that... Actually, shit on that regard can what can get to fuck is fans getting angry about how much a player earns. You're not paying it; it doesn't <laughs> come out of your pocket. Like it's not a fuck. Like people are acting like Gareth Hanscom is some massive diva when it's like he's just all he's doing is exercising his rights within the WIU system to seek arbitration about the band pay band yeah. that he's been. Paying he's basically gone, but yeah. I could probably get this over here. Yeah. They're I'm not even saying you have to match that. fucking grand a season yeah. to go and play for If you Bath. can just get a bit nearer in this pay brand, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just letting you know. Like, yeah. it doesn't, it's not your money. It doesn't affect you. Like, he's saying he's entitled to appeal if he feels like he's been banded unfairly. And the main reason he's been low-balled is because he hasn't been on Lions Tour yet. Yeah, so that means that... Christian Dacey would get yeah, higher Christian band. Dacey is technically eligible for the top echelon, despite not even being in the Wales squad this season. While Anscombe is like, Wales is number one ten man of the match in the Grand Slam decider, and he's good enough to be offered 500 grand a season by both Bath and Quinns. But I think the Lions thing is only useful if it tells you about the quality of your career and your ability. Because actually... Yeah, to, but, it's an absolutely So it's completely contextual, because actually it could be on the whims of a coach... It yeah. could be you were injured at the wrong time. You could have a run of three years of brilliant form, then get, you know, and then somehow have a dip and not get a line. You might be in a position that's very well catered for. It's There's all kinds w of reasons why you it's can't. It's peak WRU to put something like a Lions Tour as a criteria for pay banding because it's fucking stupid. It's, I can see why they've done it because it's a very easy way of pointing to you don't meet that criteria yeah. in the discussion because otherwise you've got to get into contextual discussions like, yeah, but I was injured or, yeah, mm. but there's already two... Um, there's Johnny Sexton and Andy Fowley been on two tours already. Mm. You know, it, it, it's, 
Yeah. It's stupid. It doesn't mean it's I'm not crazy. worthy of the money. You know, it's a strange... Yeah. Uh, I can see why they've done it, but I don't well, that, I think on that, appeal that, that anyway. it will... Yeah. Yeah, surely. Because, you know, if Bath and Quinns are offering him half a billion quid a year, then clearly he's probably worth <laughs> keeping around. Especially as he's now Wales's number one ten, and it's a World Cup year. Maybe don't fuck that. Yes, and he's just doing yeah. what any of us would do, and he's leveraging. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's easy it's for like... us to. It's easy for. I understand why people who sit there and go, "If I had a chance to play for Wales, I'd do it for free or whatever." And that's probably true on one level. But once you've been in that arena and you've only got six years of your career left. Yeah. I don't believe any, and I don't. I don't think he even wants exactly the same amount of money. I think he's what he's saying: just get somewhere nearer to it. Get me closer because that's yeah. what I could get somewhere else. Yeah, I don't want to be feel like I'm being, you know. And this is not equally not a good look that the WIU is saying, "Oh, well, we got to ban these players because we can't afford to uh, to pay them enough." And then they're buying a fund, building and buying a fucking luxury hotel next to the Millennium Stadium. Well, to be fair, I think League in general are funding that, but uh... they are, but still. It's like priorities, luxury hotel or investment in game in Wales. I understand there's a long-term benefit, but it's not the optics. See, are not great. you're saying everything I was just about to say, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's not a bad idea. Somebody's going to make some money off a bit, off a nice hotel in Cardiff, aren't they? Yeah, it might as well be the WIU. However, I hope they bring in somebody who knows what they're fucking doing. Yeah, well, and, yeah. and they've not so, got fucking Gwendaff off the board to run it. Yeah. That is the thing. Is like, are you going to have a professional doing this? Surely they get an old boy. To be fair to Martin Phillips, if nothing else, he's run yeah. a fucking big business. He, he must know went, about getting the right he people must in. Know about, he must hope so. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, also shit for me, actually, Carlo Canna. Remember him? What? Yeah. Remember I was watching the Six Nations when I was watching Italy against France and I said, I think I might have said on Twitter, there's got to be someone better than Tommy Allen. Honestly, he's shit. They've got to have a better option at 10. And then watching him just get run over, throw loose passes everywhere, miss absolute sitters of kicks mm. over and over again as Zebra pissed away a pretty decent lead against Munster on Saturday. Uh, I'm reminded that no, there's not. <laughs> yes. there's, there's absolutely not. He's the best that Italy have got. There's been so many false stones, hasn't there, in yeah. the 10 since Dominguez went. The Ramiro Pez and all that lot. Yeah. Remember Ke- Kelly Heimona? Who can forget Kelly Heimona? At least that was fun. Craig Gower? Anyone? Fucking Craig Gower. Fucking God, brilliant rugby player. Him. Yeah. Loved his but... fucking cocaine and <laughs> sexual abuse. <laughs> but not playing rugby for Italy. No. No. Uh, what else have we got then in shit here? Uh, Linda Mason gets in touch. Hello, Linda. Long time listener. She said... Uh, Shit is Will Greenwood on co-coms in Wrestling 92. I thought you were going to say Will Greenwood on coke. Well, well can you imagine? would be fucking Oof. horrendous. Um, on co-coms in Wrestling 92 versus Border Begler. Um, unmitigated drivel. Is he permanently pissed? <laughs> to be know. fair, if I'd won a World Cup, I'd probably be permanently pissed. And he's coining it, isn't he, with just endorsements. Yeah. And doing press-ups on Twitter. Yeah. That's his life now. His life is talking nonsense on commentary, doing press-ups on Twitter and doing, like, corporates. It's not a bad life when you think about it. It's, yeah, it's an interesting existence. I'm not sure it's maybe the most fulfilling, but, yeah, you know. <laughs> maybe that's why he's drunk. Yeah. 
No, we're not. Allegedly, we're not saying he is actually drunk. No, he's probably not, to be fair. Uh, last shit, Kerry, Keza Peza got to, gets in touch. Says, shit, people, mainly pundits, trying to convince us that the Blue Scarlets game was comparable in terms of qu- in quality terms to Osprey's Dragons because the latter was shite. Well, we've already said it was shite. <laughs> I haven't seen anybody trying to... Uh, Fair enough. No. Very niche offering. I don't like that, Kerry. Very niche offering. Uh, yeah, it wasn't very good. Neither game was particularly good, to be honest. No. In their own way, in their own way, both kind of had some entertainment, but neither were particularly compelling as contests. Okay, let's move on to good while we finish this off. Good. Adam Reese, friend of the pod, says good. Shane Lewis Hughes, who came on for the Blues after two minutes, an ab- af- yeah, an absolute animal. They have got some good stuff. They've got some the good young there. players there. They are. Like, I'm not sure, like, they've, they've not been, the one thing with the Blues in the last couple of years is they've not been fantastic at, like, converting some of those players to the top level and, and make, getting them starting every week. But there's a, there's a good production line there. What else have we got that's good here? Uh, ben F. gets in touch. He said, good. You've mentioned Teddy Ariberen, but good this weekend was Teddy Ariberen having a pop at Baptiste Saran. Yes. He said, round two is a competitive oh, casual God. cigarette smoking filmed in black and white for your pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> that's a wonderful image, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Artistic French scrum halves having an argument. It wasn't the best thing that happened to a scrum half this weekend, though. What was? I mean, that was obviously Liam Williams fucking body yes. slamming Danny Kerr, which we As Reese not got in touch and said, Liam Williams flattening Danny Kerr was good for me because let's face it, everyone hates nines. And who doesn't want to mess Danny Kerr's hair up? And James also gets in touch and said, good is the inventive way that Danny Kerr and Liam Williams managed to have a fight without actually throwing <laughs> any punches. <laughs> what I, what's interesting for me about that is that it's very obviously a Liam Williams attempting to be, to sort of, do a clear out that wasn't really a clear out. Let's be honest. That he sort of he smashed into him, but he didn't really. He could. It was the sort of thing where, in another era, he would have done that and then started punching him on the floor. Yes, but yeah, that's not on <laughs> but, anymore. No. So they did these kind of like not... one these one handed flinging sort of competition. Started yeah. carrying yeah. on. I I did enjoy the sort of lack of chill where. Care just sort of shoved him and he basically speared him into the floor. Yes. That was very funny. <laughs> but everything after it was just a bit like, oh, come on. Absolutely. And also the fact that it then chalked off a try because of handbags was stupid. Mm. And I'm, it's a good job that didn't affect the result of the game because if we're going <laughs> yeah. to start chalking off handbags for – chalking off tries because of off-the-ball handbags that have absolutely nothing to do with anything and are – Six of one, half dozen of the other. No. Not for me, Clive. <laughs> Colin McBride gets in touch. He said, good is Cardiff Blues' backline, which is currently shit yes. hot and will be yes. so terrifyingly good next season that Josh will surely describe it as the best backline in Europe, which will instantly fuck it, obviously. I'm just, I'm biting What Colin's referring to here is when Josh described Ulster's backline as the best in Europe and they proceeded I mean, they to have, the best. I don't know, the worst season yeah, they were Since terrible. the Dynamo Kiev team when the Nazis rolled in. <laughs> but I'm just waiting. I'm biding my time for that. I'm going to say it probably the week before Judgment Day, just to see, <laughs> if, just to see if that can pan out for me. 
while you've mentioned Judgment Day, I'll mention it again. We are going to Judgment Day uh, on the 27th yes, of April in we, Cardiff. We remain in Judgment Day. So if anybody fancies coming along, we'll probably be in a pub and say hello and a little bit of a pod social for what it's worth. See you there if you fancy it. Uh, what else have we got here? Lloyd Collins gets in touch. He says, good, is Bristol in attack? It's like a hurricane crashing into a chicken shed. He said, but bad is Bristol's defence. <laughs> yeah. It has the strength well, of we, wet, wet pasta. We've discussed this in the past, haven't we? Although, how Bristol didn't win that game is still baffling me because they were basically just camped on Worcester's line for the last 10 minutes and they all they needed was a try and they couldn't. And it was it's, it's those sort of things that get teams relegated. It is, isn't so it? We'll see how that goes. It's those sort of teams that means you can't beat Australia for 13 years. That type yeah, of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. David McIntosh gets in touch. Hello, David. He says, Hamish Watson is good. His run against Leinster this week where he took out five Leinster players and Bill Matter as well, for good measure. Spreading panic and disorder in the defence was his best run His best run since probably the one before it. Yeah, you're right. I can't wait to see him <laughs> this weekend. It's basically just going to be like you, you know... You're I'm going with the guy I work with. He's not going to understand when I'm getting teenage. Oh, really? Because otherwise, I think it would have been a little bit like your equivalent of like going being a teenager at Shea Stadium <laughs> yes. when the Beatles yeah. and the Beatles turn up. You know, close up on me just, screaming and tears running down my yeah, face. Yeah, screaming tears and you pissed yourself. It's yeah. and the guy I work with will be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> yeah, that guy. That guy's a little bit handy, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> What, you he mean really that slightly says, stocky yes. bloke with a headband yeah. on? What are you on about? Yes, Lee says, crying openly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I want him to be my friend. Um, what else have we got? That's good. Gareth Jones gets in touch. He said, good is Thomas Williams and Jared Evans. They will be the Wales halfbacks before too long. Ooh, cool your jets uh, there. Yeah, Jared Evans isn't going to be the Wales. No, he's not. I, I genuinely... I, I, I like him as a I player, like him a lot, but... but he's not going to be an into... Well, yeah. you know, maybe with Pivak <laughs> in. With Pivak in. But under Gatland, he wouldn't get a fucking lock in that bugger. No, he won't be anywhere near under Gatland. Not a chance. He might under Pivak, but I still think there's a, his number one ten is going to be the man who played for him at the Scarlets, obviously, <laughs> because if he can stay fit, to be if fair, he can stay fit. Uh, yeah. Ian Faruja gets in touch. He said, "Shit is the fifty twenty rule." Which is being proposed, which is this new you kick from inside your it's own ass. Why do they want to make rugby union rugby league? Like, yeah, I get, I get it. I get they want to reward tactical kicking, blah de, blah de, blah. But if you are just going to continue to make rugby union like rugby league, we might as well just play rugby league. Yes, and people just jack all the shit out of the ball to try and win it, and then get somebody who's good at doing a nice long kick into the out on the twenty, yeah. in the twenty. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. To, I don't think it's a good enough a, skill to have that much reward. It's quite a huge frankly. reward. It's basically just saying somebody like Dan Bigger can get the equivalent of a fucking penalty every time he kicks the ball. And I think it's different in league as you well know? because that it sounds daft, but that territorial advantage in league isn't quite as big. Isn't no because you've only got you've only got your set of six. You've got your set of six, and also then if you and, and the penalties are never taken in the same way. You know, if you can kick it down there and then apply some pressure and get a penalty, you know, three time, once once every three times you do it, the game's going to get away. You know, you're going to be winning the game comfortably. No, I think it's a shit idea. It's I, think it's... Fuck. I mean, and, it, and it's not been implemented yet, and I don't think it ever will be. Hopefully, no. But... 
but it's it's the sort of it's, it's the sort of idea that makes you worry. <laughs> it's when they come up with harebrained ideas like that, it makes you think, what hey, the fuck are these people doing? You want to see harebrained ideas? Have you seen Mark Ring on Twitter? No. Have you seen? He's been having his manifesto of real changes. Oh, it's a penalty God. if you do an end over end kick. Oh, fuck, this was I last did week. See that. I did see that. Yeah. Only spiral kicks are allowed. Yeah, torpedo. Forwards, you're not allowed to take any more than three drive ups before you get you lose the ball or something. Forwards aren't allowed to run it off the back of a line out, only backs. I mean, and he he said, you know, we've got to we we have to have some out out of the box thinking. As I said at the time, I mean, not only obviously are they fucking fantastic ideas, but the good news is they're really easy to ref as well. It won't at all be completely chaos. (laughs) I'm staggered. I'm reading these. I'm staggered. <laughs> I'm genuinely staggered. Read them out again. Tell me which ones they were, because I can't remember them exactly. But one of them was the end over end kick one. Yeah, I'm trying to. There's a lot of it's it's in. There's a lot of in and it's in amongst a lot of other things, so I can't quite okay. work it out. No but yes, it's basically the one that you're saying is. Oh yeah, and uh, only tackling around the legs, e.g., policeman style. What does that even mean? Is, uh, policemen style when they used to run on the pitch to catch the oh, pitch I invaders. I so see. basically, your own any prospective player, uh, <laughs> any prospective player who can't kick with both feet, pass in both directions, or sidestep off both feet by the time they're eighteen years old, ban them for life. Brilliant. In fact, why even stop at banning them for uh, life? It should be like Logan's Run. You should kill them. You should have a renewal yeah, just, um, just ceremony them. where they're fired into the air and, and vaporized. For not being able to pass off both hands. Yeah. Just yeah, disallow the scrum half passing to a forward following a lineup or scrum after the backs are crashed up first phase. Just <laughs> just I mean, I mean one, what benefit would it have anyway? But two, how could you even ref it? As if throwing it to like an, an inside centre is gonna make a huge difference between yeah, that it's... or throwing it to a, a blindside flanker. It's fucking brilliant. It's mad, isn't it? It's the sort of thing that I just think Sometimes people who have, when they sort of talk about this, oh, well, you've never played the game. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, well, is, <laughs> is that always a bad thing? Because sometimes people who play the game have insane ideas <laughs> about how to make the game better. So there we are. Yes. Uh, what else have we got that's uh, shit here? No, so we're on good now, aren't we? Are we? Yeah, we're going good. Sorry. Max Trail oh, gets in touch. Now, yeah, yeah. He said, good, a classic outside centre that doesn't need to be a massive physical specimen. Hutchinson. Mm. That's the guy there in Northampton, isn't he? Yes. Looks a great footballer. Uh, he does, but he's nearly, he is, I think he is pushing 15 stone, Max. He's not like he He's looks, not small. I think the thing is, they're all so big Max. now. <laughs> That's the problem. It's very hard to gauge how big a rugby player is these days because yeah. everyone's massive. And yet, because like I assumed that Maxime Machineau was like about six foot, like a Mike Phillipsy, hmm. but he's only about five foot eight. Hmm. It's just he was obviously permanently surrounded by tiny people. <laughs> but there you are. And finally, good James Franklin gets in touch. He says, "Good is Ollie Thorley making Elliot David look like yeah. a complete fool, getting absolutely nowhere near him as he stepped around him." Equally good was Willie Larue's covering tackle. Yeah, he looks very good, Ollie Thorley. It's he interesting does. how many rave reviews uh, Joe Fucking the Singer's getting. And yet, if you look at the the way that he's playing for Bath and you look at the way Ollie Thorley's playing for Gloucester, 
it's interesting. It's interesting, isn't it? Isn't it? It's what? Almost there's some there are some some embedded issues there. It's almost least. like they want some Pacific Island big lad to be something rather yeah. than somebody else. It's, it's odd, isn't it? I don't know how to explain it really. It's almost it's like in the end it's the sort of the thing that's talked about a lot in the NFL and in American sports about the sort of inherent sort of prejudices that you know there's more inherent wide... athleticism in yes. a certain group of people yes and the way example. that they spoke the way that they're spoken about you know that yes white white players are, are gritty and tough and yes and black players are athletic and it's very similar to the way that people talk about Paul Pogba a lot as well yes in that he's always talked about his his physicality and his power and his physical presence as opposed to the fact that he's one of the most sublimely gifted footballers yeah. on the planet um it's interesting that and it's not necessarily a it's not a deliberate thing a neg- but it is interesting. a deliberate thing or necessarily a negative thing because no, you know yeah, yeah but yeah. it's it's an interesting thing that players like Thoknesiga are somewhat put into those pigeonholes of he's got to be the new Jonah Lomu or yeah. he's got to be the new well, he looks like that, person. ergo he's he looks, inherently more yeah, talented exactly. than somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, or he is inherently that player. Whereas yes. it's like he, he is Very inherently true. a lonely type player. It's like, well, no, maybe he's not. <laughs> Do you give him the chance to not be? Yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's interesting. It is interesting. And on that note, on that bombshell, as we say at the end yes. of every episode now, um, we will leave you to it. Thank you very much for your patience this week. We've given you a long one again because that's just how we roll. We'll uh, be back on Monday this time after to talk all about the European weekend and we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.